Hey everyone, Josh Taylor here from CE Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, just want to, again, big shout out to my subscribers, my premium subscribers. Thank you to everyone, everyone who is listening, everyone who sends me your comments. I have a few, I have quite a few emails about um, uh, the post we put about having some uh, doggy puppy stars on um, video. So we're setting up some dates. I'm, I'm, I promise I'm going to get to everyone who emailed me um, some dates so that we can, uh, we can get that going. All right. So again, thank you so much. Uh, today, what I really wanted to get into a little bit is, is something that, I mean, I've been dealing with for, for quite, quite a while. It's been around for a while, but what I call, um, you know, small dog syndrome or better yet, my favorite little, you know, nickname, which is armpit piranhas. All right. And I get quite a bit of dogs that come in, um, small guys, you know, uh, that are just very, very reactive. And a lot of the times it has a lot to do with when the owner is close or when, um, you know, the dog is uh, on top of the owner or the owner is holding the dog. Um, so one thing's for sure, I can definitely tell you that um, a lot of these things, I typically feel like they come with a lot of coddling. Um, they come with a lot of, I kind of get to do what I want. And I think sometimes we mistaken them for babies in many different ways. Now, you know, my dog is like a child to me, but um, and you know, and everyone of course raises children differently, so no judgment there, but I try to, um, I try to do the same as I do with my kids. Granted, I'm a little bit more of a pushover with my kids, to be honest with you, but I try my best. <laughs> um, so uh, let me give you a good example of, of some of the things that, uh, I deal with on the daily with, with smaller dogs. Um, I'm sitting on the couch and I have my, you know, let's just for context purposes, let's just say Chihuahua. Okay. So my Chihuahua is on the couch with me and even a familiar person. So maybe someone that lives in the house tries to walk up to me and the dog just starts barking or growling, you know, maybe going on top of the you know, the armrest of the couch barking, or maybe even being on top of me and then barking at the person. The whole idea of this happening is, you know, again, I always talk about behavior and consequence. So the behavior is obviously barking at this human coming towards me. The consequence is either going to be positive or negative, right? So what happens in that context? Well, generally speaking, most of the people, they stop or they step away. Or sometimes what can even be worse is me as the person who, you know, the dog is protecting, so to speak. Um, I start saying, no, 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 it's fine. And maybe I'm even petting my dog or I'm keeping my dog in that position, which is still hindering that person from being able to come close to me. To me, this is a very big sign that things are not going right at home <laughs> okay at least when it comes to 
um, this armpit piranha syndrome, okay? So one of the big things that I tell, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, this can get into many, many different details from what they eat to how they eat it to um, building more leadership um, to um, uh, uh, getting them to understand more positive consequences or, or I should say lack of positive consequences when the barking and reactivity is happening with people that live in the house or friends, you know, that come over, whatever it may be. So let me give you an example. So in that same context where my dog is barking, um, I would go ahead and I would be taking my dog off of the couch and I would be putting the dog on the ground. Now, of course, this all this is why I said there's so many variables and so many things that we can like work on together with this, but I'm just kind of giving you a couple details of what I typically do, but generally it's in conjunction with some of the other things we do. Like we want to make sure that, um, uh, you know, our, our monkey knows that, you know, we're the parent, right? We're, we're in charge. We want um, them to feel um, like we can take control of these situations. They don't have to, they don't have to worry. Um, we want them to, um, you know, work for their meals, not necessarily work to keep people away from us. So there's, there's a lot of factors that come into play. So I'm just getting into some specifics, okay? So again, um, our, uh, our, our little chihuahua starts barking or reacting towards, let's just say, a family member coming towards us. Uh, maybe we're in our office sitting down, dog is in our lap, whatever. From here, I would go ahead and I would put the dog down on the ground. Now, this is under the impression that the dog on the ground isn't actually going to go over and bite the kid or, or whoever the family member is. If we are in that kind of category, well, then that's a, that's a little bit of a different story. Things like having the leash on, a, you know, a drag leash is really going to come in handy um, when, when we're dealing with this. But let's just say we're really just dealing with the reactivity because it's never getting pushed, meaning... The person is kind of stopping or staying away, so it's, it, it's never really escalated. So I put the dog down, and when you put the dog down, nine out of ten times, you're going to notice that the dog is going to fight their way to get back to that position. I call this the pedestal, all right? And so this is why it is so important that when you have that kind of reactivity happening, okay, that you go ahead and remove whatever you believe that that dog is protecting in that time. So hence, the dog is being very territorial, protecting me for whatever reason. It could even just be the mere fact that I don't want others to be near you, okay? Unfortunately, with domestication these days, you'd be very surprised what and how dogs feel and act when it comes to uh, these things. Okay, so um, we put our dog down on the ground uh, and we see what type of behavior happens next. So let's say my, my family member continues to walk towards me. Maybe there's less barking or, and maybe we are also just ignoring the behavior. The idea is, is that you're going to notice that that dog is going to jump and try to get back into that pedestal. It is absolutely important 
that at the bare minimum, okay, because if I'm dealing with these type of behaviors, typically I tell people we shouldn't have them there anyways, but I try to really balance it for people. Um, I know some, for some, like that's their baby for real. And I know it's very controversial and so many people have different arguments about this, but for me, it is what it is. If you're coming to me for help, I'm not here to criticize you or make you feel terrible, okay? My plan is to figure out, can I make it work with the problems, uh, sorry, can I make it work with the solutions that are going to make you happy as well um, when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, your your loved one. Like for example, if you know the dog is is never allowed on the couch, never allowed on the bed. You can't hold the dog. You can't do this. You can't do that. Okay. I understand those are a lot of rules, and I believe in those rules. Uh, I believe in those rules very much. But there are people out there who I can totally understand are not going to love those rules, and they're going to almost you know a piece of joy is almost going to be removed from them just because they won't be able or they can't quote unquote do those things so i try to bring a little bit of both you know where the person is happy and they still feel like they're they have that relationship and at the same time the dog is in a, a little bit more of a healthy uh scenario where um, we're not dealing with of course too much of that you know that reactivity and so on right um so again at the end of the day it's all about relationship you know, building that relationship, making them feel safe does not mean that you need to be um, aversive, right? Um, there's many ways. It's just like children. There are some children who, had, like me, you know, who when we were disciplined, it was a lot more physical. And some of us turned out all right. <laughs> some of us not so much. Uh, and uh, vice versa, right? So, it, you know, it, it really is um, a, a personal choice in many ways. And, um, you know, we just follow, we follow the science, right? That's, um, that's what we do. It's factual at the end of the day. So, um, again, when I put that dog down, I see what's next. So if my, if my person comes up to me, and the barking is still persisting, I could even implement a timeout. I could show my dog that you are not gaining anything from this. Or at the bare minimum, they come, they sit down next to me on the, on the couch, and once again, the dog is not allowed to be elevated. The dog is not going to go onto the couch. The dog is not going to go into your arms until finally we notice that our dog is super calm. And then if we like, as a test... We could try the scenario. I would say to my family member, you know what? Can we try that again? Let's see what happens if you leave and then come back in. And so you could do it again, but maybe this time the dog is on the ground. And as they come in, maybe they come right to the door and they stop. Maybe take it slow. And let's say there's maybe a little grunt, <laughs> but you know our, our chihuahua isn't going into armpit piranha mode. Um, and so we could go ahead and we could reward that moment. We could reward that moment for being good. Now, uh, rewarding that moment could be whatever you use, um, whatever your dog loves. Does your dog love playing ball? You could literally throw the ball across the room. Uh, does your dog love food? Well, you can definitely give them a treat. 
when they're non-reactive. Uh, does your dog love your affection? Probably getting it for free most of the time because the dog is always on your lap. So affection may be kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I get this all the time anyways. Which is one of the main reasons, by the way, a lot of dogs don't eat their kibble and you have to spice it up all the time. But anyways, I'm not going to get into that now. Um, so just really important, right, that we, um, uh, we, ha we have that nice kind of... Uh, we, we have that nice kind of uh, ethic, work ethic of, okay, this is a moment that I really love. I need to reward this. Remember, my favorite quote is, you know, the secret to dog training is to reward nothing. Um, and it's so, so true. Uh, our, our, just like our kids, okay, <laughs> dogs learn patterns so fast and they learn that when we don't pay attention to them, or uh, sorry, excuse me, when, when they're quiet, we have, they have a 50-50% chance that we're going to pay attention to them. But if they're being bad, 100% of the time, they know that we're going to pay attention to them. Okay? And we can get into, into more of like sequence, like how that looks, like them doing a bad behavior and then getting rewarded right after, and why that could not be a good idea. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that another time. So, sorry, eh? I'm all over the place today. Anyhow, um, so when we do that and we're, you know, our, our, our person is coming back into the house and, and, or into the room and things are going much better and we start rewarding those, those scenarios, then we could try elevation again if you really, really just have to have the dog with you all the time like that. Um, and we see what kind of response we get. But this is very, very common, especially since working from home. I feel like working from home, especially since COVID, uh, that's been happening a lot more often. And I know many, many people are excited and happy about that. And I am too. That's awesome. However, one of the big things is the fact that, um, well, I mean, the fact that now the dog is with you pretty much 24 hours. So for example, let's say normally you were gone for eight hours, right? So that leaves us, uh, I don't know, I'm terrible at math. What, 16 hours? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So 16 hours. Right. And then like what you sleep for eight. Right. So then the, the, the rest of the hours. And, and again, sometimes the dog is even, you know, not in a crate or anything. The dog is maybe even sleeping with you. So now the dog's been with you for 16 hours. Then obviously you're home, breakfast, lunch, dinner, etc. So all those hours in between, that means that technically your dog is with you 24 hours and don't get me wrong. That's great. That's nice and all. But think about even with our children. Again, personal choices here. I'm just giving you examples. Okay. This is why we bring them to school. This is why they have day camps. This is why they, uh, you know, go into sports or they're, you know, social. It, 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 it's about having those social interactions where you're not necessarily involved for everything. And so I think this is really, really important. So, you know, when, we, when we're dealing with these armpit piranhas, a lot of the time I notice that um, it has a lot to do with what we do and where we are with the dog and how often we are with the dog, okay? Um, and to give you even a good example of that in the, in the sense of how 
I'm, I'm sure that that has a big piece to do with everything because of COVID is I was only dealing with a lot of those scenarios back in the day from people who already worked from home, who were always with the dog, or as well as, of course, retired folk. So when there was retired people, we, I was usually dealing with the same thing. We were dealing with a lot more territorial kind of reactivity, armpit piranha syndrome, that kind of stuff. Um, people ask me, and it's not that medium to big dogs don't have this problem, but there's a lot less coddling. You know, if I have a Great Dane, having the dog on my lap while I'm working is pretty challenging, right? So they're going to be kind of out, well, out on their own, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be out to the side, or they're, they're not on you. They're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not on top of you. Um, so I definitely think that that brings things out of whack a little bit for the smaller dogs, um, because they're always attached to our hip. So we want to really make sure that we try rewarding those moments where, of course, there's non-reactivity, and when there is, Start removing them off of that pedestal. No more elevation. Bring them down. Don't just let them come back up when they beg you. Okay? Remember, reward nothing. So what that means is that when your dog is just laying down, relaxing, if there's going to be a time to pick them up or ask them to come onto the couch with you or whatever, it'll probably be around a time like that. Not when they're crying and begging and scratching at you and barking at you, etc. Okay? Very, very important. Um, I have so many other scenarios of the, I guess you could say, you know, the, the little dog syndrome uh, or the armpit piranha syndrome, but... I want to hear from you. Do you have these type of problems? Um, oh, and just to mention, so um, like I was saying, we are doing um, video tutorials of all our obedience, and we're going to be putting this for all of our group classes, our online classes, and so on. Um, so what I wanted to ask is that I have quite a few emails from people who messaged us who want their puppies to be stars in our videos. If you happen to be one of them, um, please go ahead and send me an email at cepodcast at canineeducation.ca. Um, believe it or not, you don't even have to live here, okay? So if you happen to be somewhere else in the world, all right, we will. we would love to take pictures and maybe even do a little bit of coaching with you to do a couple of videos on your own and then send them to us um, once we show you the technique and what um, what we're asking. So uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of free training there for our our people out there who are not exactly local. Um, and if you are local, well, like I said, you could um, email us and we would basically take your dog for an hour or two and we would be doing some training with your dog and making some videos. Okay, so again, cepodcast at canineeducation.ca. Um, so don't be shy to email us. Um, oh, and one other thing. So on Monday, hang on, hang on, let me look at the date here. Uh, it's going to be, yes, so Monday the 12th of June at 7 p.m. Eastern, we are going to have a Storm and Fireworks Phobia live stream with um, 
myself and of course none other than um, Dr. Goldenberg. So please, um, you know, write down that date or head over to our Facebook page, Canine Education, okay, or Instagram. We have the um, we have the event page there, so you can join up that event page and um, and um, you know tag along with us in uh, on on Monday next Monday. June 12th, I think I said, right? Hang on, sorry. I'll double check. Yeah, June 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern. So again, thank you so much. I hope, um, I hope everyone um, you know, gets even just a little bit of extra info or something that they didn't know about. Um, I guess when I listen to podcasts, that's what I'm trying to... I'm not trying to, I guess, but uh, it's nice when you learn something you didn't really know before, right? So that's what's great about uh, being able to do this. Uh, the more knowledge and love I can spread, the better. So again, thank you so much, fam. You are the best. I love you all, and have a great day. Bye.